Welcome to the Breaking Into Finance podcast. My name is Craig Thompson, and this is the open source field guide to help you understand everything you need to know about breaking into finance. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode six of the Breaking Into Finance podcast. We just spent some time talking about a little bit of an overview about the three financial statements, and this will be the next series in a deep dive on each of these. And so in this section, I want to do a deep dive on the income statement. I want to talk about what line items you might expect to find, what they mean, and ways that finance professionals might interpret some of those items and ratios between some of those items to mean particular things. And first, in classic finance fashion, we use several terms more or less interchangeably. So you might hear people talk about revenue or sales, um, and those are the same things. They'll also call it the top line. Like if someone says top line grew 5%, that means revenue grew 5%. That means sales grew 5%, all the same thing. They call it top line because it appears at the top of the income statement. So revenue equals sales equals top line. Feel free to use these interchangeably. And this amount represents how much your customers paid you. It's not your profit. Because your profit includes how much you brought in minus all of your costs. It's kind of nets out everything. But the top line represents how much your customers paid you. So if you run a lemonade stand, revenue is just the dollar value that your customers paid you. So you'd probably measure this by taking the price per cup of lemonade that you sell times the number of cups you sold. Every other line item below revenue will include basically an ordered list of expenses that you incurred as a result of running your business. But the order in which we do these expenses matters a lot. And I'll try to motivate a little bit about why people do in that order, what ratios people take away from those. So first, we'll talk about the direct costs associated with the product you're selling. Direct costs basically means if you're selling a good, like if you're selling lemonade, the cost of the cups like basically what you paid to buy your cups in bulk, the cost of the lemons, the cost of the sugar, the cost of the ice, basically like for each cup of lemonade that you sold times however many cups of lemonade you sold. So the aggregate cost of all of the materials that went into the thing that you sold. Plus if, you know, let's say you aren't the one who's like running the lemonade stand, let's say you hired somebody to run this particular lemonade stand, you would also include the cost of that person. And one litmus test that you can use for trying to figure out like, is this a direct cost or not? Is basically if you avoided paying that cost and just that cost, did that directly affect the unit of something that you sold? So as a as a for instance, if you are the CEO um, and you, you know, or like if the CEO collects a salary and you're wondering, is that a direct cost? Well, you could sort of argue that, oh, like without a CEO, this business can't run and yada, yada, yada. But the fact of the matter is that whether or not there is a CEO for six seconds, if during those six seconds, somebody asked to try and buy lemonade, you'd be able to sell them that full package. In contrast, if you just didn't have lemons for those six seconds, then you literally could not produce the lemonade. So that's an example. Or if nobody was manning the stand, there would literally be no one to prepare and serve the lemonade. So that's kind of the litmus test for how to think about direct costs. And this line item is not called direct costs. We call it cost of sales. Or sometimes if it's like a product or like a physical thing, 
that you're selling, we'd call it cost of goods sold. Um, and again, cost of sales, cost of goods sold, they mean the same thing. And we do that first because we want to separate our fixed costs from our variable costs. And we do that because, you know, one question you might have is, hey, like, if we sold more lemonade next year or next week or whenever, how much more profit will I generate? And the whole idea of separating out the direct costs, which are your variable costs, which are your cost of sales, all those, again, like I'm using those terms interchangeably here. If you separate those out from your fixed costs, then it could be the case that you're making more money per incremental cup of lemonade that you sell than you might think just by looking at the overall profitability. So now we've calculated our revenue, we've calculated our cost of sales, and we're going to create a line item where we basically take our revenue and we subtract those cost of sales to calculate what's called our gross profit. Gross not meaning disgusting, just meaning gross profit like before you net out some of these other things. So when you hear people say gross or net, you can think of those as like the opposite sides of a coin where gross profit or gross anything is before some amount of additional stuff. And then net is basically, you know, implies that you burdened it with some costs. Um, so we have our gross profit and we can use that to calculate our gross margin. So gross margin is a percentage, which basically compares your gross profit to your revenue. And it's just a simple uh, ratio. You take your gross profit, you divide it by revenue, and that's your gross margin. And the idea of showing that percentage margin is, you know, the, the implication of that and the way to think about that is a gross margin of 80% means that for every incremental, you know, good you sell, you keep 80% of the revenue. And that's, that's just the way to think about it. So then there are a whole bunch of costs after gross profit that are your fixed costs. And I'm going to gloss over these a little bit for now, just because I want to keep it pretty high level. But these will be things like that CEO expense or any other fixed costs that are associated with the business. It might be something like the cost of the lemonade stand, like the physical wood that everything kind of like sits on that you sell, that you kind of like reuse week over week, um, which is basically to say that if you sold more cups of lemonade, it is unlikely that you would like need to buy more wood for your lemonade stand. And so that's why you can treat it as a fixed cost versus a variable cost in this case. And after you've added in all those expenses, we'll calculate something called our operating profit. And operating profit is the profitability, as you might think, of operating your business. So this is your revenue minus your variable costs minus your fixed costs equals operating profit. You will also hear this sometimes abbreviated as earnings before interest and in taxes or EBIT. And you might be wondering like, why the hell would I do it that way? And the short answer is that we're going to do some letter math in this bottom part of the income statement. And it's going to be really helpful to think about operating profit as EBIT. Um, because the next thing we're going to do from EBIT is we're going to subtract our interest expense um, to calculate our EBT. So our earnings before tax. So if you borrowed money, um, to run this business, we'll talk a little bit more about financing and all that stuff later. But if you have any sort of interest expense that would appear there as kind of like an interest expense line item, 
EBIT minus interest expense. So EBIT minus the I is EBT, it's your earnings before tax. And this is the amount upon which you pay taxes. So assuming your business was profitable, you will owe some money to the tax man. And after you subtract those taxes, you get just your E. Um, so EBT, then we apply our tax expense. And now we have earnings before nothing, which is just our earnings. So if you hear earnings, net profit, profit, again, all three of those terms refer to the same thing. And this will be kind of like the bottom line item on your income statement. Um, so that is a quick overview of the income statement. And on the next episode, we'll do a similar deep dive on the balance sheet. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to check out our website, breakingintofinancepodcast.com, where you can submit questions, join our Substack to stay up to date on new content releases, and much, much more. We'll see you next time.